<gasps> oh my gosh! Hello, little guy. What are you doing? Oh, you're so cute. Come here. Oh, 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 oh my god! Jakey! We were supposed we to start. To a- we have to go. We were supposed to do a podcast right now, Jakey, and you we, were dogging we, out your Jakey. What's going on? We have to go. Where are we going? The Scholastic Book Fair. What? <laughs> My name is Jake. Half an hour ago, I was just a regular kid. Wait a sec. You're telling me that some slimy alien slug can crawl into our brains and take over our minds? And control us? Yes. There is no time for questions. I must do what I can for you. I have no choice. I can give you a way to fight yours. Each of you must touch one side of the cure. I'm not touching that. Welcome to the Hyperfixation, where my friends come onto my show and tell me about things that excite them for 30 to 45 minutes so I can acquire an approximate knowledge of many things. My name is Roma. I use the they and them pronouns, and I am joined today by Jakey. I'm Jakey. I use the he and him pronouns, and uh, I am ready to talk about some Animorphs. Jakey with the cakey here to talk about Animorphs, baby. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Um... So I, I brought this up when the show began, but uh, or before the show began. And so now I'm going to bring it up now. I definitely distinctly remember Animorphs from my childhood. And I definitely distinctly remember um, the Scholastic Book Fair being out of my price range. So all I could do was look at the stuff. But um, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> For some reason, I was like, oh, we must be talking about Animal Power Rangers. And that's for like probably three days. I thought we were talking about Animal Power Rangers for some. <laughs> I mean, it, morphing's in the name, you know. It's 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 morphing time, just a different type of morphing yeah, time. Yeah, it's morphin time. <laughs> it's morphin. Morphin time. And then um, I was like, okay, wait, no, Animorph sounds like it's that book series. But for some reason, the the I, I just kept thinking it was fucking Power Rangers. And uh, then I finally realized that after the third day, I went, oh wait. All right, dumbass. That's me. <laughs> I'm a dumbass. <laughs> but um, I must know when did this obsession with animorphs begin, Jakey? Um, so I was definitely in middle school, and I think I probably saw them like in the school library, mm-hmm. and uh, I was just immediately like intrigued by the covers. I'm like, what the hell is this? What is that? What are those? And I think that was also around the time that the um, TV show was on. So I uh, I was like, hey, I think that's a thing on Nickelodeon also. Hey, yo. And so I started checking out the books and uh, I didn't buy any of them from the Scholastic Book Fair either. My school's library just had them all. <laughs> Sick. And so, yeah, I, I would check them out, like take a day to read one because they're they're not very long books. And then I would just, uh, I, I went through them so fast. Just chewed on through. And then I watched the TV show and I was like, 
I'll stick with the books. Even as a kid, Yo, I was like, eh. struggling out here. There, though I've gone back and looked at the TV show a little bit, and it's it's not as bad. It's still not good. Is it it's like, not as bad as people give it credit for? Is it campy? Is it like the good kind of bad, or is it just bad? Yes. Like, there are some definite parts that are like, this is just really bad. Um, And then there's some parts that are like, oh, this is silly. This is fun bad. Mm -hmm. Because it's like a low budget show for a high sci-fi series. So a lot of things looked bad. And they had to make a lot of changes to some of the books to like make it fit for TV uh, and make it fit with the lower, lower budget. They're like, hey, what if we just don't have an alien in this scene? <laughs> Stuff like that. We just don't need it. Yeah. Or the guy in the alien suit just stands like really far in the background and never moves and just stands there and talks. Uh, awkward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love low budget bullshit, though. Oh, man. Yeah. Like. And, and there's some amazing scenes, but uh, we're here to talk about some books. We are here to talk about some books. But um, before we talk about this new book, it's occurred to me, Jakey, that in this second season of the Hyperfixation, mm-hmm. uh, you are the first of this season to be a returning guest host. And oh, shit. I just want to uh, I do. I want to do a little just for a minute or two. I would like to touch base back onto season one uh, with the Cosmere. And I'm curious with you. Has anything updated on your front in terms of your love and hyperfixation for the Cosmere? Have you read any um, new books or anything? So they did recently um, release the audiobook for Don Shard, which was like a, a novella that he put out as part of a Kickstarter a couple years ago. Um, I, f- I finally listened to that. It was super good. As um, expected. It's like featuring one of my favorite side characters. Um, so it was a lot of fun. Two of them, actually. Ooh. And then it also just has huge implications for the rest of the series. So I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, fuck. There's a new Mistborn book that's about to come out. Ooh. Mistborn number seven. Hey, yo. Yeah. Era four, book four. Or no, era two, book four. Ooh-wee. And there hasn't been a, a whole lot of um, book related news since that last podcast. Um Though he did just finish another Kickstarter for like uh, some like tabletop minis of characters from Stormlight Archives. Ooh. Uh, they, there's no game that they go with yet, but <laughs> but <laughs> they can go with any game if you try hard. Really? Yeah. Like this is Kaladin Stormblast. He is my uh, he's my new D&D character. <laughs> and uh, this is a giant crab that he's going to fight. <laughs> <laughs> I think they are developing a game. But they put a Kickstarter for the minis first, which I just I love. That's very funny. Oh, yeah. I mean, that makes sense, because especially yeah. like we said, like we could use it for literally whatever mini thing we want. But also it's like kind of hype and intrigue of like, ooh, like, what are these for? Yeah. I will say for the listeners who are listening and didn't follow me on Twitter, the Mistborn trilogy is absolutely incredible. Um, and like I said before, like I have a hard time reading physical books or even like ebooks, but listening to audiobooks really works really well for me, especially when it sounds like an audio drama. So 
the Mistborn trilogy through um, what is the app called? Graphic audio. Your graphic audio is so good. Uh, yes, they are. Uh, graphic audio does some beautiful work. It really do. Um, I'm very worried about my non-binary representation, Vin. Um, she's not canonically non-binary, but she's just got that vibe. She she yeah, got oh, that absolutely. dog in her, so I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm absolutely Where are you at obsessed. On that? I am still. I want to say either like, how do I explain this? Um, what's his name? What's his name? Uh, our favorite, our favorite uh, tall and lanky man, our favorite terrorist man. Oh, uh, CZ. CZ had just recently gotten back. Okay. And shit's about to go down. Is it in Well of Ascension, the second book? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so right on. I'm nice. still I'm still about midway through Well of Ascension, but you can blame Chainsaw Man for that. Chainsaw Man and oh, One Piece. Absolutely. Uh, um, understandable. Understandable. Yeah. Chainsaw Man. So Chainsaw damn good. <laughs> since also since our last recording, I have like binged through that entire series and like the guy's other series, Fire Punch. Fire Punch. Uh, I need to read it. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 very heavy, very dark, but very good. Mm-hmm. Very understandably so. Yeah. But uh, there's so many things to ingest. Maybe I'll read it on the plane. Hell yeah. But I got to listen to my audiobook on the plane. I'm going to Ohio. <laughs> that's why I'm saying this right now. I'm going to be I'm going to be way done and back in Florida by the time this releases. But my brain Ohio is Ohio. for lovers. I hope Ohio doesn't heard. exist. It's not real. Wait, was the song lying to me? <laughs> Love is real. Ohio isn't. <laughs> <laughs> i need that as a sticker damn it hawthorne heights damn it hawthorne heights uh that's i think that's gonna something i'm gonna do with the returning guests from each season i want to i want to touch base on what we talked about previously and how that's updated and then um then be like okay so that was the hyperfixation then but now now it's animorphs <laughs> <laughs> and uh, honestly like this hyperfixation like this recent hyperfixation with animorphs because I kind of jump in and out of like being obsessed with the series. It started about a week ago. <laughs> Actually, no, last Sunday. Um, hey, yo. I came across like a video on TikTok where this guy was doing like a. Uh, He's doing like a comedy rap about Animorphs. And it was just fantastic. Made me very happy. It, it was very funny, too, because it was like uh, the concept of the song was. You know, he's trying to tell you about like uh, an ex who like broke his heart, but he accidentally mentioned that he's an animorph and he's like, oh, well, you guys are more interested in that. So let me let me tell you about this. OK, can we go back to my story now? I put it in the discord so you can also if you need to pause and listen to it, it's in the discord. <laughs> hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's uh oh, it's so fun. I'm so I um, but I'm- yeah, so that that like dumped me head first, gave me a swirly. And uh, put me right back into my middle school shoes. Oh, there goes I've gravity. Sta- <laughs> I've watched like a bunch of YouTube like video essays, just kind of going over everything. I'm rereading the series now. Um, after I read them all, I'll probably like watch the show. <laughs> we'll have to do that for a Friday night movie night. Hell yeah. There, there's one scene especially that I remember that is actually incredibly good that I am very happy or very excited to show you. Ooh. But uh, yeah, should we go ahead and jump into the uh, yeah. into the hyperfixation? I have my timer ready. Um, I'm right. ready. I don't think I have any more questions, but I'll I'll bother you when I do. 
All right. So, um, yeah. So this series is about five kids who can turn into animals, any animal they touch. Um, they can then acquire its DNA and turn into it. And uh, they are trying to save Earth from these like parasitic creatures called the Yerks, which are basically like slugs that will crawl into your ear and like wrap themselves around your brain until they control it. And um, they are just like all hanging out at the mall one night and decide, OK, it's time to go home. Let's take a shortcut through this abandoned construction lot. And as they do, oopsie poopsie, a um, a flying saucer just crashes out of the air in front of them. Hey, yo. And uh, this like blue centaur looking dude with like a fucking scorpion tail steps out of it. And he's like, I was in here to save your planet. It has been invaded. Um, they got the ambush on me and my crew. I'm the only survivor. More of my people will be here. but It'll be over a year, over an Earth year before they can. Uh, I need you to take this. And he goes on like this, like blue glowing cube. Um, that hey, when yo. like you, you touch it, it gives you the Animorph power. He's Good like, boy. I need you to take this and run and do what you can to fight the bad guys. And uh, speaking of the bad guys, they then like drop in on the on the construction site and the kids go hide. And uh, this is when we first get some darkness in this uh, series, because even though it is for kids, this is a kids series sold at the Scholastic Book Fair. Like the the main boss of the bad guys um, has taken over one of these like blue centaur creatures Mm-hmm. And uh, he has the morphing power, except he's gone to all sorts of alien worlds. And so he turns into this big, huge, giant monster with tentacles and he like ch- starts choking the guy hey, and yo. like he picks him up and like just fucking eats him. What? Yeah. Oh, my Lord. And this whole time he's got like he's got like a squad of alien soldiers with them that are like uh there's these things called the taxons, which are like 15 foot long centipedes with like razor sharp claws. And and then he's got the hork bajir, which are these big, tall, lanky dudes that are just covered in fucking swords, basically. Like they've just got like blades sticking out of every possible spot of their body. It's armor and a weapon. Yeah. And uh, they get away and... They find out like, oh, yeah, so many people are taken over. So the kids, there is there's five of them. There's there's Jake. He's basically the the Red Ranger. He's the <laughs> the leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Marco, who's kind of like he's the silly one. Mm-hmm. Um, there is uh, Cassie. She is kind of like the the moral compass, the one who asks, like, are we doing the right thing? Um, okay. Which the answer is usually no, because they are committing war crimes. They are 13 years old and they're committing gen- war crimes. I love it when 13 year olds commit war crimes. Yeah, right. It's um, my favorite. And then there is um, there is Tobias and he is kind of like the the outsider. He's like the new kid in town and he's kind of weird. He is they're, they're hanging out with him, not because they really like him, but because like uh, one day 
Jake saved him from some bullies, and then Tobias just kind of followed him around. Oh. Uh, <laughs> okay. And, like, when we first meet, like, he's first talking about Tobias, um, you know, he tells the story of, like, these two kids were giving him swirlies, and uh, he's like, I told the two creeps to step off, and ever since then, Tobias figured I was his friend. Like, ouch. Do they eventually become real friends, or is that just his bit, his shtick for the rest of the, sh- the Yeah, books? so, like, over over the course of the, the series, you know, they... They all like bond and become really good friends. But like starting out, like Tobias is just the weird kid who's kind of following everybody around. Oh, well, hey, at least it worked out. But that ah, poor baby. Yeah. And then the fifth kid, there is Rachel. Mm-hmm. She is like the she's kind of one of the more interesting ones because she's like on one hand, she's supposed to be kind of like the pink ranger. You know, she's like the pretty one when everybody's like, oh, she's beautiful. But also. She is like the berserker battle rager barbarian. Okay, that I dig. Yeah, she's awesome. And so together through these 54 books, these kids are trying to fight these aliens, committing war crimes, (laughs) doing other dark stuff. And um, at one point they find a, uh, a tub full of like a shipping thing full of like 17,000 Yurks who have never taken over a host, but like they're being brought to Earth so they can do that. But mm-hmm. so far, like these guys are these guys are basically innocent. They're basically baby Yurks. And they're like, we just got to flush them into space. They and just, so like we got to fucking kill them. So Jake commits a genocide. He kills 17,000 individuals because Yurks are like. They are full people like they they are like just slugs, but they all have like names and personalities and their own thoughts and everything. And so he's like, he's like, yeah, throw him into the vacuum of space. Uh, and he's 13. Uh, <laughs> I'm having a moment because uh, and let me let me look this up real quick. OK, so I'm having a moment. Oh, never mind. You you called them yurks, right? Oh yes, yeah, yurks. They're uh, Y E E R K S. Okay, so my brain. It's been a minute since I've played uh, Stray. That like where you're the cat running around in the cyberpunk future. Yeah. So I don't. Did you play that game? Uh, I didn't beat it because my PlayStation started being weird, and I kind of forgot to go back to it. But I played a few hours into it. I also played a few hours into it. Uh, the game gave me motion sickness, so that's where I had to stop. I I can I, see that. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, my brain was like, "Wait, Yurks." There was also Yurks in um, Stray, but it's actually they're called Zerks. Z U R K S. So that's oh, okay. where I was like, "Wait, is there a meaning?" Um. So you said Y E R K S. Yeah. Yurk. I'm a dork. Yep. I'm looking up their meaning. <laughs> Yeah, so they're like and just one of the things I I love about this series is that like so it is kind of written like a TV show. Like they they definitely planned like from the get go. These are going to be scholastic book fair books. And so they had to write it so that anyone could pick up any of them and pretty much know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the first like chapter and a half is kind of like recap. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then whenever, like they never change the status quo too much and, until there's like a special book where they do like, it, it's always like kind of, you know, like five or six books where they're kind of having like, you know, just TV show adventure kind of things. And then like something big will happen. That'll kind of change the, the status quo overall. Mm-hmm. Like um, about 10 or so books in, they they add a sixth member to their team. Um, his name is Eximile, and I can't remember the rest of them, but uh, he, he's Axe. And he is um, the younger brother of the alien who crashed and gave them the morphing cube. The morphing cube? Yeah, so the, the blue cube that the alien gave them. That, ah, yeah, like, yeah. Lets them yeah. Okay. Um, he's actually that guy's younger brother. <gasps> um, and so he... He's come to Earth and like he's not with the rest of the fleet. So it's only him. Um, But like, yeah, it looks like he he's introduced to the eighth book is where they come through and get him. And so like that's one of the big changes. And they just kind of do that every few books. Uh, But some of the books where they are just kind of exploring an idea are some of the coolest. Like. There's this book called, I think it's just the Android where they meet a, a robot who like he and a few other androids like him were placed on earth um, hundreds of years ago and have just been like hiding in society, but they know about the Yerk threat and they want to fight them, but, or well, one of them wants to fight them. The rest do not, but they are programmed where they cannot do any violence it's just like they've got like a limiter placed in their head or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they, they cannot fight. It's just not possible. And then they plug him into a computer and they hack his brain so that that's removed. Another and so, war crime. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then he, he joins them for a fight. And this robot is a killing machine. And he just goes like, on a rampage, just destroying people left and right. Right. Ayo! And then at the end of it, he looks at what he's done. And, you know, this is the kind of like sci-fi robot where they're, they're fully sentient human beings, basically, but just robot bodies. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Oh my God, what have I done? This is horrible. I just killed so many people. No, not but the also since he's got a robot, like since he is a robot, his brain can't forget. No. So baby boy, you know, he, he talks to, to Marco and he's like, how do you deal with this? And he's like, oh, you just kind of put it to the back of your mind and you don't think about it anymore. Except he can't do that because it's just perfectly saved in his memory banks. And so he's constantly reliving it every time he thinks about it. No. So, yeah, they like. Put him through like existential dread because he did a bunch of murder. They didn't even give him the ability to like put that shit in the recycling bin. Like, yeah, compress zip that folder or something. No. And again, this is for kids, <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there is like one little trilogy of books where this kid, I think his name's David. Um, he finds out about the Animorphs, like somehow he follows them or 
he he gets into like their their base and he finds the mor- the morphing cube and he gains the ability to morph. And so they're like, he did. Oh, okay, okay, crap. We've got to we got to bring him on, onto the team. <laughs> yeah, you're forcefully hired. <laughs> yeah, um, except David sucks. David sucks so no! bad, Aww. and everybody's like, fucking hate this kid. Like he's using his powers to like break into places and steal stuff. Uh, he's being really reckless, like morphing and like trying to morph in front of other people. Um, I would never want to morph in front of another person. Yeah. Like, and so like he's, he's being reckless. He's going to get himself caught. He's going to get the rest of them caught. Like there, it's a whole trilogy of books with David. And at the end, he's full fledged enemy. He's no longer like, we're trying to control this kid and like stop him. He is like, if you're not going to let me do this how I want, I'm going to take you guys, you guys down. No, what a dick. Yeah. And so Jake is um, talking to Axe and he's like, I think we have to kill him. Get Rachel. (gasps) He doesn't say gather the team. He says, get Rachel. Rachel will kill him because she is like the violent one. Right. And then later, Rachel finds out that that's what he said. And it causes her to be like, why am I the one who gets called if somebody needs to be killed? Like, <gasps> what is what's wrong with me that that is how my friends think of me? The drama. Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, like, there, there's obviously the part of me that's like, that is so traumatic for a child. But also yeah. the part of me that watches like really dramatic stuff anyway, i.e. Chainsaw Man. I'm like, <gasps> the drama. <laughs> um, and then they decide, OK, we're not we're not going to kill him. Uh, but we are going to remove him as a problem. So they bring him to like this deserted island, um, force him to morph into a rat and then what? lock him in a little tiny box where he can't morph. And I think I, I don't think I mentioned this earlier, but if you stay in a morph for over two hours, you are stuck. You cannot turn back. How did they find that out? Um, the alien, the alien at the very beginning of the series, like warned them about it. Okay. Um, and then, and then in the first book, Tobias, he has to hide and he's not able to morph back to human. So he gets stuck as a hawk and he is a hawk for the rest of the series. <gasps> Does he not wait, but he, he's able to turn back eventually, right? Due to like some other first circumstance. Uh, yeah, so so much later in the series, um, he does get the ability to morph again, but the hawk is now his like default form. <gasps> so if he stays in like as a human for more than two hours, he will never be able to morph again. They are able to like talk to him because when you're in a morph, you are able to do like it's called thought speak. It's basically uh, telepathy. OK, yeah. So he is stuck as a hawk. Poor baby. So they force this boy to be a little rat in a cage. They force him to be a rat in a cage. And then once the two hours is up, they let him out. And then they just leave him on this deserted island all by himself. Uh, And uh, that book ends by being like, sometimes people who pass by on a boat swear they hear screaming in their heads. (gasps) Because he's just on the island, like screaming for somebody. And he has like the thought speak so that he, he can reach out to people. Oh, and then then it just ends. No. And again, it's for children. The series is for children. <laughs> I'm so stressed. Like, 
these children, they need, where's their adult animorph? Like, don't they get like a, a master splinter or something? Uh, I mean, they had him for, for about five minutes and then the bad guy ate him. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, um, like the guy who gives them the cube is the only adult that's on their side the entire time. And, you know, they, they talk about like, oh, we should, you know, we shouldn't be dealing with this for children. Let's turn this to the police. Let's turn it to let's find some adults. But anybody can be taken over by the Yurks and they don't know who is. So they can't tell nobody. Yeah. And so, like, they find out that, like, uh, Jake's older brother, Tom, is one of like they call him the controllers. But Jake's brother, Tom, is like one of the main ones. <gasps> And so Jake finds that out in the first book. So the whole series has like Jake, you know, living with the controller, trying to hide the fact that, you know, he's an animorph and that he knows it's. I'm so tense. This is so stressful. Yeah. This has kids, a little bit of kids next door energy to it. Yeah. Like it's very like kids versus adults. And then near the near the end of the series, like when the war basically starts really ramping up they do start recruiting like new kids to their army, mm-hmm. but like they have to, they have to make sure they're not invested with Yerks first. Um, so how do they do that? Yerks have to like leave the host body once every three days to feed. Mm-hmm. And so um, they lock these kids up in a, like, you know, in a room somewhere where they can't get out for like three days, three or four days, you know, to make sure that, you know, if you have a if you have a yerk in you, it's going to fall out and die. But you can't you can't leave. You can't talk to nobody. You're staying right here. That's a wild way. Like <laughs> you've been officially kidnapped by children for three to four days. And now you're being conscripted to fight in the war. I this is why I don't talk to strangers, especially not kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a children's series for children. For children. <laughs> for children. And then. So we've talked about like a bunch of the the bleak stuff, the dark stuff. I want to tell you about one of the silly things. One of one of my favorite silly pieces of backstory that they uh, come up with for this series. Mm-hmm. So at some point, they the animorphs run into God. They meet God, um, and when they meet God, God is just like this goofy old you know, white haired, long bearded man, like you'd kind of expect, mm-hmm. you know, like the stereotypical, like, Oh, this is God. Odin. Yeah. But, th- but that is just a, uh, like a form that he took on. Cause he knew that that's what they were expecting. Eventually we get a book with God's entire backstory. Um, he's got his own book. It's, it's not even part of like the main 54. It's called the, the Elemist Chronicles. This is his book, all about him. No kids involved. God's a gamer, first and foremost. What? God is a pro gamer. Okay. So he comes from this. Uh, he's, he comes from this alien planet where they've basically invented Twitch, and they have a game basically that's like The Sims, um, and so they're they're. You know, they're playing The Sims on Twitch and people are watching it. And he's one of like, you know, the gamers. And uh, he eventually like some aliens see their broadcast 
and they don't realize that it's somebody playing a video game. They see somebody playing The Sims and um, you know how people play The Sims. Um, They get a little, you know, a little mean, a little nasty. They like to like, you know, lock their Sims up in a room, um, maybe set the house on fire, like just because like, hey, it's a video game. We can do whatever. Yeah. You know, lock them in the pool with no ladder so they like can't get out. Um, Another some, some other aliens see this. And they think it is like footage from a prison. They're like, these people are torturing these innocents. We have to go stop them. Yeah. So the aliens come up and they show up at the planet of Ketrin um, is what these guys are. Mm-hmm. And he shows up and just they, they just blow up their planet, basically. Like they carpet bomb everything. And the Ketrin um, survivors they hop on a spaceship and get out of there. And our boy Tuman, um, we find out is his name, is on that ship. They're looking for somewhere where they can go to survive. And they find this planet that, you know, appears to be like covered completely in water. They are kind of like a like a bird like species. So mm-hmm. it's not like an ideal environment for them. Mm-hmm. But they're, you know, they're arguing with they're like, you know, we're almost out of fuel. This has to be good enough. Yeah. So they lower down to the planet and then um, the planet reaches out a hand and grabs them. What? And like, it's not a planet. It is some dude named father who is just the size of a planet. And he like he grabs them and basically just like absorbs them into him. He's kind of like spongy and they become like prisoners inside of father. I thought you were going to say they were going to become one with father in like the way that people say become one with God. Well, but well, um, <laughs> so he's like starting to absorb them all. And um, but father, he's a bit of a gamer himself. And so Tuman starts challenging him to a game mm-hmm. and uh you know, father's like, oh, this is interesting. And so he's like, I won't eat you yet. Mm. Um, and they play over and over. And father just keeps winning every match. He beats him. But eventually, eventually, Tuman gets good and he beats him. And every time that he beats father, father, like, actually becomes weaker. And Tuman, who is now partially absorbed into father, starts, like, taking parts of father into him. And so he just he gets better and better and he starts beating father each time at the game until father is dead <gasps> and Tuman is now the planet. <gasps> oh, um, and he has absorbed basically the brains and souls of everybody that father has ever eaten. Oh so God. now like now he's a giant planet who has like the knowledge of like hundreds of thousands of people and he builds like basically a giant spaceship around himself and this and is... he starts huh oh i was just i'm just sitting here i'm like oh my lord and he starts you know flying around the galaxy um scootily until eventually he meets krayak who is basically the exact same kind of being as him um except this gamer has a Joker avatar. Uh. <laughs> he likes to blow up planets to watch them burn. 
Oh, he's that kind of guy. Yeah, he he he's a shithead. Mm-hmm. He's like, I have all this power, and I can just do what I want with it. Rude as fuck. Because who, so because who's going to stop me? Our buddy is. And so Tuman is like, yeah, okay, I'm going to stop you. And uh, your time's up, old man. Yeah. And so they they're flying across the galaxy, like chasing each other, fighting. Um, and, you know, they're, they're equally matched um, until two men accidentally like no clips into the back rooms of reality. No back rooms. Yeah. He, he basically no clips into the back rooms no! and he finds like like the control panel where like you can basically like play with play with the strings of reality and make things your own will. No. What is this? And so he's like, okay, I'm going to use this to beat Krayak. Krayak follows him in there. And uh, they start to fight and they're like, wait a second. If we fight in here, everything's going to be gone. Mm -hmm. I'll be dead. You'll be dead. Everything will be dead. Mm -hmm. So so they uh, basically agree to come to like a stalemate and they're going to fight each other through messing with sentient beings and having people be like, you know, they're, they're basically like, you know, in some realities you see, like it'll zoom out and in some like media, you'll see like it zoom out and Satan and Jesus are playing chess against each other. And that's like representative of what's happening. Mm-hmm. That's this except they're gamers. So they got PVP matches with their like, this is my designated human to fight my battle today kind of shit. Yeah. What the hell? And, and so like, like you, you find out that like the Elemis or Tumen is um, backing the Animorphs and uh, Krayak is backing the Yerks. What the fuck? <laughs> but then Tumen decides like he needs to have like a more, I guess, godly name. Uh-huh. So he starts calling himself the Elemist, which was his gamer tag when he was just a normal guy. And that is my favorite thing ever is that he's just like, what's my oh God name? My oh, God. it's my, it's my, it's my gamer tag. This is like simultaneously fucking wicked and cringe at the same time. Like, Oh, it's so ridiculous. I love it. Could you imagine? And this, this came out in like, I think the last book came out like 2001, maybe. Oh my lord. So like if it came out today, I'd be like, ew, gross. But the fact that this came out like really before online gaming was huge, like it's still around, but it wasn't what it is today. Yeah. Uh, you know, before streaming, that's what makes me love it, is like uh she predicted Twitch and made a god out of it. Yo, can you imagine though, Jakey, like I I run into Planet Man and I become the Planet Man. And I go into the back rooms and now I'm playing chess with my enemy. And now I am a god called butt CEO. (laughs) (laughs) I I am the great god, Mr. Jakey Poo. And this is for children. (laughs) And this is for children. Yeah, so that took place in the book called like the Elemist Chronicles. She put out four books like this during the span of the series. There's like the Elmist Chronicles, uh, the Andalite Chronicles, which is like the story 
of the alien who crash landed in the first book and gave them their powers. There is the Visor Chronicles, which is like the backstory of the guy who ate that alien in the first book. <laughs> and then there's the Hork Bajir Chronicles, which might be the best book in the entire series. Mm-hmm. It is about the the Hork Bajir creatures, like the ones that, you know, I said earlier were covered with swords. Yeah. We find out that these like fierce looking creatures before they got taken over by the Yurks were just like these really peaceful, gentle creatures that like they were basically created um, by scientists to like like their planet was like overrun with trees or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like like just too fucking many. And so like they modified these creatures to be able to like cut the trees down and eat them. And they have all the blades so that like when they sleep, they curl up into a ball and like they're basically sticking out like a like a porcupine. Oh so nothing God. can eat them. And then they just like all day are like just slicing trees, eating the bark, being really gentle. Oh, they're just peaceful. little. They're just peaceful guys. They're just little guys. And then the Yurks showed up and um, turned them into like deadly warriors. No, but they only turned some of them into warrior deadly warriors. Because, like, the scientists who made them found out what was happening. And they decided to, like, release, like, this super poison on the planet. No. And, like, yeah, they, like, wiped out most of the work Bajir. Stop. Except for, like, you know, a couple hundred that, like, the Yurks got off the planet beforehand. But in this book, the, the story is being told by a work Bajir to Tobias. Because he has, at some point found some hork and like got them freed from their yurks and has like set up a like hidden little colony for them on earth to live peacefully. Aww. And so after they're established, like this little side book is, you know, him flying out there and like checking on them. And they're like, let me tell you the stories of my ancestors. Baby. No. Yeah. This guy who's ever writing this, this, this series is nutty. Uh, yeah, so her name is uh, Catherine Applegate. Okay. Um, she wrote it with her husband, um, whose name I am blanking on right now, um, Michael Grant. Um, they wrote it, th- it together, and there was uh, there were a few ghostwriters near the end because um, mm-hmm. they put out sixty four books in like six years. Hey yo. Yeah, and these two people are so fucking cool. They are um, especially like Michael, especially is very active, like on Twitter and with like with fans of the series. Nice. Um, and when it ended in 2001, which this is important. So it, it ended in 2001 before, you know, 9-11 and we got back into war. Yeah. Um, so kind of spoilers for the series. But like after at the end of the very last book. You know, we time skip like five or six years into the future, kind of catch up with, you know, all of our all of our friends. And then like the story isn't over. They more Yurks are headed towards Earth. And so they get into like a a battleship and like head towards it. And that's just kind of where it ends. Like oblique, like we're still fighting the war. No. And, uh, you know, they were people were like mad about that because that's not a very satisfactory ending. Like. You know, that's not a, a good, happy ending that they didn't, you know, wipe out the enemy completely and they're still fighting. And so Applegate 
she wrote this letter to fans basically saying like, yeah, that is how war is. It is not happy. It is not, there's no good ending. And so she said, if you're mad at me because, you know, this is the takeaway you have from Animorphs too bad. I couldn't have read it any other way. And like, remember that when you go vote, <gasps> like they are, they are super, super anti-war like these two. Oh. And um, this whole series is like, is war is bad, you know? And then people are like, wow, cool Animorphs. That's kind of nutty to think about where, you know, if you didn't know that background knowledge, like this almost feels like it's glorifying war in a way but in the sense of like the the storytelling the drama the whole thing's based in war but i noticed that at least in my experiences a lot of people when they consume content they don't think deeper than the surface on it some people really get really excited like we do like with chainsaw man like yes it's a man on a chainsaw fighting a a bomb-headed lady with a tornado tsunami baby but writing on the back of a shark. On man. The, yeah. But in when you look deeper in it, it's like an insane amount of like messages and meanings and et cetera. But it kind of caught me off guard that it was actually just 64 bucks of anti anti-war propaganda. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Like it is showing you the war is bad by like, you know, putting you in the head of child soldiers. It's um, it, in a lot of ways, it's kind of like, you know, Gundam. Um, oh my god you know, the, there's the meme of like the war is bad wow cool robot <laughs> it's kind of like you know it's kind of like this like you know Kay Applegate and Michael Grant were like war is bad and they're like wow cool alien kids like <laughs> but they can shape shift <laughs> yeah oh man um, but no it's it's such a a good series you know I kind of like to joke on it because it does get pretty dark but like it's so it is it is lovely. Um, I've read through it a few times now and, uh, you know, I'm starting on reading through it again. <laughs> and I, I just I love it. Like it, it is ultimately like it is appropriate for kids. Yeah. Um, the way it is written, it is not like something kids shouldn't read. But it, it, there are some fucked up things when you think about it for more than a couple seconds. Yeah. Um, have, did you read The Hatchet back in like middle or high school? No, oddly enough. But I've heard everybody talk about it being really good. So I've wanted to read it. I just never have gotten around to it. I will clarify at this moment that I read it in middle school. So my clarity on what happens in the story is very like blurry. Um, valid, valid. But I feel like it kind of fits into that same category of, yes, this is written for children. Yes, kids should read it. But my biggest takeaway from it was, I don't think I want to be in a plane. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if you know the brief plot of the hatchet. Doesn't he like crash land? And like the only thing he has left is like this hatchet that like his dad or grandpa or something gave him. Yeah. And so, you know, it it made me really afraid to like, be on planes or if uh like what if i have to survive on my own like what is going right. on what if i have to eat another person like i've never killed an animal before to survive all of mine's been pre-packaged when i eat my chicken <laughs> <laughs> and i think that was a really interesting like time of life to open up my frame of thinking with the world 
like uh yeah. same th- and and i i don't mean to uh, what's the best way i don't want to keep using like animal food like animal based products as an example but i don't know how to make a fire without tools like a lighter i don't know how to rub two sticks together to get a spark you know so yeah uh be- having that something in the world to make me think harder about my life and the world around me is super important, even if it's really grim, because honestly, that's kind of how life is, question mark. Absolutely, yeah. And it's really refreshing to hear that Animorphs is more than just a meme, I guess. Yeah, like, like it is like haha funny cover, but... That costs like a thousand dollar program to make. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's... It's just, it's great. I love it so much. And um, I'm so glad I got to, you know, just kind of it out. Oh, yes. Because I've been, I, I was saying to you earlier, like before, before we were recording, I've been nonstop talking about this basically since that video uh, <laughs> last week. Like to my coworkers, to my partner, she has gotten kind of annoyed with me, honestly, because I won't stop talking about Animorphs. I um, I don't get it because I could listen to this shit all day. <laughs> um, and yeah, I talked about it at work. I uh, talked about it when we were talking about the Dark Tower earlier today with uh, my friend Redacted, and I almost brought it up at like this party I was at last night. <laughs> like I can't get the brain rot out of my head. Hey, I understand. I when the day that Chainsaw Man's anime came out on October 11th, I went down an elevator and this lady was getting in the elevator with me. And uh, she, I, I got in first, went down a couple floors. She got in after me. I was about to leave the elevator thinking I got to where I was supposed to be, uh, but yeah. I was not. And so she comes in. I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I thought this was the first floor. Are you going down? She's like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, today, uh, my favorite anime is releasing and I need to get out of this building so I could go watch it in my car. She's like, Oh, I like anime. What anime is it? And literally like, it was like finger knuckle crack, push eyeglasses up for that anime glare. And it's like, well, let me tell you about chainsaw, man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hell yeah. And she was so pretty. This girl's so pretty too. So I was just like, I can't believe this girl, this, this woman is looking at me and giving me the time of day. And the only thing I could think to say to her (laughs) is to please watch this egregious show. (laughs) (laughs) hi <laughs> uh, you're pretty please watch chainsaw man thanks bye <laughs> good lord but no i completely understand the pure excitement of wanting yeah. to talk about animorphs with everybody but now i'm like super curious there's so much like yes the art is definitely screaming or why does he have a mar does that say mars up hork up oh so yeah it says it says hork up because they're hork bajir um that's just some fan art that i found I love it's, the uh, It was on Reddit titled a uh, Hork Bajir Hork Bajir Hembo. I was about to say, like, he didn't they didn't I maybe my monster fucker is showing, but like they didn't need to make him <laughs> that pretty. <laughs> no, so the one above is like the official art. Okay. Alright, so they look like little alien guys. Little dinosaur yeah. aliens. Yeah, little like kind of reptilian with just like blades everywhere. Blades. And they eat trees or herbivores? Yep, they're herbivores. Oh my god. I do like the himbo with the crop top. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's great. 
Oof. I, I was I was like I have to I have to share this one. And then scrolling back up to Don, Danny DeVito becoming a pug. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Let's see. If you had to pick which of the I'm not going to make you pick a book, but like which of the different uh series within Animorphs cuz you like you said a lot of them there's like chunks of different books about different aspects of this anamorph universe well yeah so like there's the the core 54 which um oh another cool thing i didn't mention about those is that each one is written from a different one of the different kids uh perspectives oh sick so like book one is uh from jake book two is um from rachel and then like it's whichever kid is on the cover okay and i think they use like the same or similar models for each kid when Axe, the uh, the alien, joins their party, he gets a few books, too. Sick. Yeah. But which ones would you say is your favorite? Um, Probably the books from Tobias's perspective, which is a very, um, very typical answer. He's kind of like the the one that... Um, the queer fans and the neurodivergent fan mm. fans like he's kind of the one we flock to because, you know, he he never quite feels like he belongs. He's kind of the outsider, even in like, you know, the people he's supposed to be with. He's he's the different one. Is he queer? And so people are like he's. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's kind of queer coded like like he is canonically like. um Like has a thing for Rachel, mm-hmm. but like. He's pretty queer coded. I don't for know. Sure. A lot of us queer folk really do like the muscle mommies. So yeah, I think yeah. it tracks. Yeah, absolutely. Butch coded characters. I'm into it. <laughs> yeah, but also they're children. So I'm not in that context, but in the other. Yeah, no, no. I, <laughs> okay. I just want to clarify. You <laughs> um, you're just talking about the archetype, yes. not the actual character. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like I could, I feel like I would like Rachel a lot. Rachel's really awesome. She she's fantastic, especially growing up like now I'm non-binary now, but like growing up as a girl, you know, my dad has always told me you're you're smart, you're strong, you're powerful. Like he's never indicated to me that women were not on any sort of equal footing with men. Um, Yeah. So I cannot tell you how confusing it was for people to treat me like not equal to men or not give me that same sort of voice. And so, um, of course, then I turned to like martial arts and like physical fitness and so it's like okay like now my grades are good and i can beat your ass so she speaks to me very strongly (laughs) hell yeah yeah she's she's fantastic oh and one kind of cool thing they've been putting out audiobooks of the series lately and keeping with the theme of each person like each one being you know by a different one of the kids each of the audiobooks has a different narrator oh so like all of the Jake books are read by, you know, the Jake narrator. All of the Rachel books are read by the Rachel narrator. That's good. Um, I like that a lot. Yeah. And also, the guy who does the Jake books is probably my favorite audiobook narrator there is, uh, McLeod Andrews. Mm-hmm. He, uh, I think that's his name. Let me just double check that real quick. But he did like the the Jumper books, and he d- he's done some books for uh, Brandon Sanderson. Mm-hmm. And yeah, McLeod Andrews, he's just a fantastic narrator and everything that I've listened or everything that I've seen that he's done has been like 
shit I'm super interested in. <laughs> Fuck, that's my shit. Yeah. I'm curious. Do you think we could petition Graphic Audio to do Animorphs for me? Oh, God, I wish. Like, how much... What What? What do I have to do? What kind of a fundraiser do I need to get together to just put a dump truck of money into Graphic Audio's lap and be like, give me Animorphs, please? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you know what? I just... Uh, so when I was looking at McLeod Andrews, I saw that he did... He did one of uh, John Green's books. Ooh. It was a book called Will Grayson, Will Grayson. And it's about... Two kids, both named Will Grayson, who kind of like meet each meet each other, and in that audiobook, um, they eat like one Will has a narrator and another Will has a different narrator. That's cool. McLeod Andrews does one of them, and then uh, the other is voiced by Nick Podell. And the, only, the main reason I'm mentioning that is because if you go back and listen to previous episode of this podcast about the land <gasps> um you may remember that our good buddy lewis mentioned mm-hmm. the series was narrated by nick podell oh it all it all comes back to season one <laughs> that's so cool i didn't know that that was a thing until just now i that's actually that's kind of blowing my mind right now i'm i'm, ha- I'm having a brain blast that's sick that is that is very sick. I'm gonna have to tell that. Lewis. I live with for listeners at home. I live with Lewis now and Tony. So I'm gonna I'm gonna bust out of this room and be like Lewis. <laughs> Go kick down his door. <sighs> oh yeah, and then you guys will definitely get to hear from Lewis again this season. Uh, yes, they've been bothering oh, yeah. me. They've been like, I'm ready. I can't tell you what the topic is yet, but they're like, I'm waiting. And I'm like, you tell me when. They're like, Nah, I'm waiting. <laughs> Uh, but also one thing that I uh, I've linked in like our in our discord channel for for this episode is um, a, a playlist of some like uh, he calls them Animorph essays that uh, Lord Ravenscroft on YouTube has um, done. And it's just three videos that are like each an hour or so long um, talking about the Animorphs. But I want to link to one of them in, sp- in particular that is just a short explanation of gamer god gamer god i love that it's a goose yeah well because he's a bird person oh my god but yeah so i think that you will have fun with that later absolutely that's going to be in my youtube list there go and just know that he is simplifying things and making them silly oh yeah but there is nothing incorrect Ah, so he's so it's di- it's extremely digestible, but still buck wild. Yes, I'm excited. He he's not making shit up for comedy. No, um, I do want to mention, uh, I when I went to go link the animorphs rap, I didn't realize it was in two parts, but I put both parts in there. But when you type in animorphs rap into YouTube, obviously you get the TikTok as YouTube Shorts. And then the third one is another Animorphs freestyle. There's a music video. It's just, I feel like, and they're all from like 12, 13 years ago. Like, it's really weird. Oh, oh I'm going to have to look that into this. It's That's interesting. The theme song's on here. This just kind of... The theme song for the TV show is pretty, pretty decent, actually. Yeah. Well, there's airplane mode, and then there's the one for It's All In Your Hands Extended. Yeah. And uh, that's crazy. There are also some video games for the Animorphs. 
they're all terrible. So I would not I would not recommend them. But uh, I did want to mention them because they are they are funny. They get a dishonorable um, mention. <laughs> yeah, they get a dishonorable mention. But related to that honorable mention, they've played it at like games done quick a couple times um, during the awful games done quick section. <laughs> and uh, so, so that, those are pretty fun runs to go look up if you're interested. <laughs> not required, but definitely good if you want to. I am interested. Yeah. I l- <sighs> another one for my YouTube list. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. We have gone through this really interesting journey of the Animorphs world that I think me 16 years ago desperately needed. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm having this combined satisfactory energy because as you know from season one by the end of the show i get this weird like hi like i have acquired a new hyper fixation i have learned a great deal of knowledge i can now come to my coworker. my uh, here's one more tangent for you uh my coworker. love tangents my coworkers have deemed me one of the most interesting people they know because i have just weird amounts of knowledge about a great deal of weird things to which I had to explain, yes, I have a podcast, and that's how I know a great deal of weird things. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then I had the fear of, oh, they're going to find out my pronouns. But, um, <laughs> oh no. So I'm getting this, like, emotion of, I've learned something new, I have more things to just hit my coworkers with, but now, eight, nine, ten-year-old me been my little chest here is like thank you i've always wondered what the fuck was going on with animorphs and now i know and now i can rest in peace (laughs) that's all i needed now my childhood trauma is (laughs) cured and if you go read the books it'll be replaced with with jake cassie rachel tobias and marco's trauma and something needs to fill my childhood trauma hole. Time to go read animals. <laughs> my trauma hole. <laughs> my trauma hole. It's empty. <laughs> oh my god. My trauma hole. I love that. That is. <laughs> that is the best. Oh no. I. You know, maybe this podcast will get really weird stickers, and that's going to be one of them. <laughs> My trauma hole is empty. Uh, well, I will. I will definitely buy one of those. Oh my lord! I, uh, I'm having a moment. Um, I don't even know. Brain smooth. So, I know in the beginning of the show, you for the the little intro bit, you picked being a pupper. A little doggo. Yes. But if you weren't actually an anamorph, what animal would you choose? Um, I know you could pick more than one because you, you touch them and then you can turn into them. But I would love to experience being a bird. A bird? Um, getting to fly would be so cool. I'd also love some sort of like fish would be awesome. But bird definitely because like the way that they talk about being a bird in these books makes it sound like the coolest most badass awesome thing ever Mm -hmm. because like they just talk about i mean one character one of the you know viewpoint characters is a bird herb they they talk about thermals a lot Hmm. thermals are where air heats up and rises and they talk about gliding on the thermals 
a whole lot. Like, you know how some fan bases have like code words that you can say to people and it'll like trigger like a what? Yeah. That thermals is the word for Animorphs. Isn't there one for like being on Tumblr.com back in the early 2000s? Something about like Obama's shoes are untied. That sounds familiar. Yeah, it's I remember that being like how you can it's the same thing as doing the like the wrist flop of like, you know, are you are you are you a little fruity? But instead it was like, are you are you are you on Tumblr? Are you on Tumblr? Are you okay? (laughs) Do you need help? Oh, no. Um, If I was an Animorph. What would I be? I'd probably be my persona, which is a really like, I guess, a cop out answer. But <laughs> I I want to be I want to touch a husky who's been raised by cats. Does that make sense? Hell yeah. Like, absolutely. That's. Oh, and, and, and one cool thing about like the cool or terrible, depending on which animal you turn into, you're also copying their brain. And so like, oh, you my are God. fighting against like the animal's instincts and what the animal wants to do. And so like, you know, Tobias, when he first turns into a hawk, he's like, I can see a mouse like running through that field over there. Kind of want to chase it. I bet it is really tasty and juicy. And oh, God, I'm talking about eating a rat. What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> like the, they'll eventually like, turn to bugs and stuff and like, those ones I have to really, really fight to stay in control of. I want to lick it's my own asshole, so Jerry. <laughs> I can't help it. I'm a cat now. <laughs> I'm a cat now. Oh, um, one really cool thing about like the uh, Animorphs TV show is that it is how like Sean Ashmore mm-hmm. kind of got his like start. Um, so like mm-hmm. you know the guy who played Iceman in the uh, in the X Men movies started off as just being like Jake from Animorphs. Ayo. Yeah. That's nutty. I'm actually now mortally terrified about thinking about a child being in an ant body and accidentally getting killed because he's in an ant body. In the first book, Jake turns into a lizard to follow their um, vice principal because it's a mid-90s, early 2000s series. The vice principal is obviously one of the most evil people there is. Obviously, obviously, um, he's following him, trying to fi- fi- figure out how to get to like the Yerk secret lair. And uh, he turns into like a little tiny lizard and um, he doesn't get out of one of the he doesn't get out of like his foot out of the way of his foot in time. Principal isn't like trying to step on him, but like he's, you know, following him. And so he accidentally steps on him, <gasps> oh, but only no. his tail. And so it pops off. Uh, okay. <laughs> but like, yeah, there is a moment where he like he does oh. get stepped on. That's terrifying. And also just throughout the series, um, it, it is established early on. Whenever you morph into something, you are replicating that thing's DNA. And so like, you know, one of the morphs they acquire, uh, the way that Tobias gets it is like, it's this hawk that Cassie's parents are taking care of because they're vets. Um, it's got a broken wing. Uh, when he turns into it, wings not broken. Uh-huh. And they, they figure out like, if you get hurt while you're morphed, when you morph back, you are fine. Okay. If you were hurt before you morphed. So like, let's say, you know, you got a cut on your hand and then you turn back, you turn into a dog and then you turn back. That cut's gone because that's not part of your DNA. 
So you are healed back to perfect health every time. Oh. And they use this as an excuse for violence. Oh, no. These kids lose limbs. They get dismembered. They get chunks ripped out of them. No. These are babies. They're children. Oh, no. And But then they turn back and they're fine. I, I can't deal. I can't deal with that. I my my cheesy early t- or your nineteen late nineteen nineties silly covers of children turning into animals is actually a child soldier program versus aliens from space with an egregious amount of trauma for the reader and the characters in the book. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Oh, my 100%. Lord. Oh, and there's a nice healthy dose of like body horror every time that they morph. They're like, it doesn't cause pain, but it fucking looks like it should. They mentioned that many times. I uh I wanna thank you, Jakey, for giving me the idea for our Discord's next emoji, where it's you know that like distressed staring off into space where you're like, oh my god, just like eyes wide open (laughs) with like your hands like on your temples of like I can't believe this is happening like that's been me the majority of this episode where I'm just absolutely distressed for these children and now I'm making it into an emoji (laughs) oh understandable the poor babies Um, and one thing for people who like are like oh I want to get into this series they are turning into a graphic novel now Um, they have like done the first three books as graphic novels and fantastic can you link can you link that yeah let me go find that um i bought it on like the google play store so i could just read it on my tablet mm-hmm. but let me um let me I, go find somewhere where you can buy that i kind of want to see that egregious amount of, of body shifting horror oh it is it, it oh yeah the mm-hmm. artist does a fantastic job no <laughs> Oh, you know, you get this. I haven't read the third one yet, but it just came out like a few weeks ago, maybe. Okay, okay, okay. Um, The plan so far is for them to do all 54. I don't know if they will stick to that. We'll see how it goes. Maybe the the hyperfixation can give enough uh, lovings in their direction. Hyperfix bump. Hyperfix bump. But while you're grabbing that link, is there anything else that you'd like to to talk about before we begin wrapping up this sh- this the third episode of the second season of the hyperfixation? Um, I can't necessarily think of anything else I've said. But no, I think I've said just about everything that I had on my mind, everything I wanted to, to get out there. Uh, thank you for having me on i am glad that we got to do this it's very fun oh absolutely i was oh, <laughs> you mean i get to have my bestie on my show again because <laughs> i don't even in- need to explain to anybody about how we met they just know we're constantly yeah. all over each other on twitter jesus christ yo and and since the last time we recorded mm-hmm we got to see each other. We got to see each other. We got to that meet. That was the coolest shit. Absolutely. Oh, oh, Jakey. What? Yes. I. Words. 
<laughs> I'm my brain just short circuited because I was like, you should come meet me in Ohio. I'm like, wait, that's kind of like a lot to ask of somebody. I'm like, I'm going to come fly to Kansas next time. Be like, OK, yeah, we could do that. <laughs> <laughs> So I was going to say, we need to fly. <laughs> Words falling out of my mouth at the same time. Yeah, Jakey came to Florida. We got to got to meet the kitties. Got to show all my stuffed animals. We got. It was oh. very fun. It was very funny. You got manatees. I, yeah, I got, I got my first tattoo. First tattoo. Manatee. Oh, I got so off track. But um, Yeah, whoops. Sorry. Oops. <laughs> hey, that's what the show's all about. Where can the people find you on the internet where they can see us yelling at each other on the internet consistently? You can find me on the twitters.com at Mr. Jakey Poo. Pretty much any other social media, I'm also on Mr. Jakey Poo. I uh, mostly use Twitter, though. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also catch me on the Redacted Media YouTube channel where we are doing a uh, a book club discussion podcast with uh, with my friend Redacted, where we're going over the Dark Tower series. Mm-hmm. And uh, good times. We're just about finished up with uh, book four of that series. Um, and it's so good. It's so goddamn good. So if you don't want to listen to me talk about it, go, uh, go check out those books anyways. Mm-hmm. Absolutely worth. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Where can we find you? On me on the internet? Oh, shit. Yeah, you on the internet. Shit. You can find me on the internet at I appreciate your butt at the twitter.com. That is I A P P R E C I, the number eight U R B U T T, uh, where I will not shut the fuck up. I am tweeting all day. I do not log off. And you can also find this podcast as a whole on the twitter.com at the hyperfix pod. And, uh, this is all thanks to the Moonshot Network. If the Moonshot Network didn't give me a resupply of moon power, um, I wouldn't be here for my second season. But they left me and they said I could. And so they express shipped me more power to make this show happen again. And moon here soup. we are. Moon soup. Um, it has occurred to me that saying anything about Hextra Life is pointless because it is coming up this week as of time of recording. <laughs> But, oh um, snap! It's that soon, huh? Yeah. Dang, nice. But hopefully, you guys enjoyed Hextra Life and all the future events we'll be doing, and uh, Mama Mia and all that fun stuff. Um, I'm so excited for Mama Mia. Oh, so you can find Moonshot at Moonshot Pods at the Twitter.com or Moonshot Network on Twitch, and you can also help me thank off you skate for my intro and outro music that is o-f-u-s-k-a-t-e uh they do amazing work they're on soundcloud instagram and twitter um and if you need any music for your podcast you should reach out to them because they do good stuff hell yes hell yes they do and i think i've thanked everyone except you listener thank you (laughs) we love you we love you and you need to drink your water and be safe and don't die and ba-doop. Ba-doop.
Hi there, my name's Max Newland. My friends and I love anime, but you don't have to take my word for it. Hello, my name is Max Kostrak, and I have a confession today. I do love anime. Hey there, my name is Stevie Matos, and I love anime like I love yogurt parfaits. I watch it, I engage with it, and I think about it a lot. Give me a good bed of mechs, sprinkled with some harem anime, a slice of life, and some little dabs of a sports anime. Let's go. Mm. Now doesn't that sound delicious? Join us every Monday at the After School Anime Club, a podcast where we play fun games and talk through the anime classics of the 90s and 2000s. That's the After School Anime Club, available now on your podcatcher of choice.